Welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown, and today I have two-thirds of the Mouth and Off boys. I got Jonathan Sullivan, I got Zach Lacey, and filling in for DS, who still is in parts unknown, is Nick. Fellas, how are we doing? Doing great. Hunter Renfro just hit a missile off the Green Monster, so I'm doing pretty good. Good. Glad to hear that. Today, we are talking fantasy football. The upcoming NFL season is fast approaching, and with that comes what we love about it the most. Red zone and fantasy football. So we're going to go through the major positions, talk about the rankings, what we, what kind of intrigues us, who, what players we like, what we, players we don't like, who we think might come out of nowhere and surprise you. So without further ado, let's get right into it with the quarterback position. So no surprise, Patrick Mahomes is, sits atop the 2021 quarterback rankings. We'll be using ESPN rankings. Uh, rounding out the top five are Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and Lamar Jackson. Uh, so let me get your initial thoughts on the quarterback rankings for this year. Uh, Jonathan, go ahead. Well, Padre Holmes and, and Josh Allen, one, two, certainly doesn't, I don't think would surprise anyone. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson at three and five. Again, the running quarterback makes so much in fantasy. It's just, it's free points guaranteed every game with the rushing. Dak Prescott is the really big one because if Dak Prescott can stay healthy with that offensive line, with those weapons they have in Dallas, he's got a, he's got a clear shot to be potentially a number one quarterback. But the question is, is he healthy? He's coming back from that horrific ankle injury. And not only is he coming back from that, he also has a bum shoulder and a bum arm, which the Texas Rangers, the Dallas Cowboys consulted like the Texas Rangers about his arm. And the Rangers literally told the Cowboys just to shut him down, like for the season, or at least for a, a, a while to get his arm right. And of course, Jerry Jones isn't going to do that because they need him for week one. So the question is if he can get through the whole season. I don't, I don't have a problem with these rankings. If Dak Prescott is healthy, the question is, is can he stay healthy and can he play 16, well, now 17 games? I definitely have my doubts about that, but we'll get into that a little bit more. Zach, what are your initial thoughts on the QB class this year? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to argue with Mahomes at one. Uh, he's just on another level compared to all these guys and the way they throw the ball and his running ability to makes up for a lot of it. I have a different number two, um, but Josh Allen is also a very good player. Uh, and like you said, Jonathan, just Dak Prescott's health, the only thing holding them back because he was the number one quarterback going up till he got hurt and then fell, obviously fell off the cliff. So it's all about that shoulder. Mm-hmm. Nick. Yeah, I don't know who Nick is. It's literally me, DS. But anyway, I just love, I want to say I love everything Zach said. Uh, he made some really good points. Uh, so <laughs> shout out, Zach, for having some great takes. And honestly, I mean, Patrick Mahomes being at one is ridiculous. I think Mac Jones should be at number one, clearly, because Cam Newton's a fraud. And, uh, I mean, you you heard what he said uh, at practice today. You see what you see that news uh, thing that dropped about how he lowered his shoulder into uh, that uh, the Giants linebacker came at him and he said, 
Hold my nuts, bitch. I mean, clearly Mac Jones is the guy on the Patriots, and he should be the guy who's number one in fantasy right now. He's just absolutely unstoppable. So Patrick Mahomes, I think he has a down year, and Mac Jones is going to have an absolute breakout season. What was the uh, source on that quote? Uh, actually, you retweeted it, so uh, you tell me. I didn't retweet anything. Uh, I believe it was a guy named Simon Charles, so shout out Simon Charles. Nice. Nice. Good take there. Very good take. I'm sure it'll come to fruition, just like Pacers Warriors 2021 NBA Finals. Uh, so I'm cool with whatever Zach says. <laughs> please, please tell me you're not going to keep this up for an hour. Please. Dude, what are you talking about? This is just what I this is just what I think. Okay. All right. So let's get into our love and hate for the position. Um, I'll get us started on the fantasy love for quarterbacks. I think Justin Herbert could be a top five fantasy quarterback this year. He was ninth best in fantasy last year, and he didn't play in the season opener because it was Tyrod Taylor's position until his own medical staff literally killed his lung. And then he was a top 10 quarterback in nine of the 15 weeks he played. Now, coming into this year, he's got a healthy Keenan Allen. Big emphasis on healthy. And he's got the 12th easiest fantasy quarterback strength of schedule going into 2021. So I think there could be a definite jump here. And if he plays just as well, if not better than what he did last year, I think Justin Herbert could push for top five at the position. Jonathan, let's go with your fantasy love. All right, so my fantasy love this season at the quarterback position is Matthew Stafford, Um, not just because I drafted him in fantasy, wink, but I got some love for him because he's right now I got him ranked. He's ranked 12th, actually, on ESPN's quarterback rankings, and I think that's that's just way too low for him. This is a guy that back in Detroit with, you know, not the best head coaching. You know, he had Calvin Johnson, obviously, but this dude was a perennial great fantasy quarterback. And now he goes to a place where he's got great weapons. He's got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, Tyler Higby as a tight end, and a coach in Sean McVay that is a known offensive wizard. I mean, he took Jared Goff, who's awful, not only brought him to a Super Bowl, but made him a, a very relevant fantasy QB for a short time. So I, I think getting Matthew Stafford at 12th or, you know, back end probably of like the 10th, 11th round in your fantasy draft, this is a guy that should push for top 10 and maybe even top seven or eight this year in McVay's system. Okay. I yeah. can get behind that. Zach, what about you? I like Stafford, but uh, my guy, not just because I drafted him in fantasy. Oh, my God. Amazing value, <laughs> but it's, it's Ryan Tannehill. I mean, QB eight last year, they bring in Julio, get rid of that bum, Johnny Smith and Derek Henry. Well, I don't think he can run the ball 300 times again. So maybe they throw it a little more. He Tannehill steals touchdowns down by the goal line too. He had seven rushing touchdowns last year. Tannehill is going to push for top five of the position this year. I had no doubt about it. And if you can get him in the, what the fuck I get 13th round, Done deal. Well, you you think he can sustain that rushing touchdown number? I, I think he can. It yeah, get five or six, easy. Okay, okay. Nick, what about you? 
Yeah, Zach, that's a fantastic pick. I was okay. Can we cut him? I'm, uh, <laughs> but I'm thinking uh, Ben Roethlisberger is a great value pick in drafts. I mean, nobody can stop the walking boot when Big Ben puts it on. But he's got a great arm, and he's got so he's always got some great weapons around him. So I mean, he's a great value pick if you get him later in your rounds, and you don't take a quarterback in the third round like Mike Barry. Is this is this how you're gonna do the entire podcast? Just I mean, this a, is a legitimate. Just, answer. No, no, like, no, no, no. That was a legitimate answer. answer. That's fine. I, I don't. You don't believe Big Ben still has it? Why not? Oh, no, I like it. I, I, I he's got good weapons. He's got good weapons. Uh, um, I think the window's passed on Rock. Have you been? Do you read the rumor mill, bro? They say Big Ben still got it. <laughs> Big Rape is back. Who said that? Uh, Sir Charles, Nick. You read that from Sir Charles? Nah, it's Belger, dude. Uh. <laughs> All right. Give me your fantasy hate, Nick. Who, who do you hate at the quarterback position this year? Oh, geez. Uh, you know who I hate this year at the quarterback position is a guy named Daniel Jones. And not because he shares the same name as DS, who no-showed this pod again. But Daniel Jones is a perennial fraud. You see, last ever since I saw the clip of him last year where he had, like, he was about to have, like, a 98-yard rushing touchdown. And he just stumbled and fell and tripped over nothing. I knew this guy would be an absolute fraud. I don't care how many receivers you put around him. I like Sterling Shepard, but I hate Daniel Jones. I, I will never believe in a Giants quarterback having fantasy football success. Okay. Zach? Uh, my fantasy hate for quarterback is Mahomes. Uh, I don't like taking quarterbacks early especially not as early as he gets taken. I don't think the gap is going to be as big as it was last year between the top two. Mahomes needs to be head and shoulders above the rest of the field to get drafted in like the second round where he's going sometimes. So I don't like taking quarterbacks that early at all. And I just think you can get so much better value at other places where there's a bigger drop off between the top guys. I mean, the top five quarterbacks is going to be a, marginal difference between them but the top 10 running backs there's a big drop off after that so i think you focus on those positions and that's why i hate Mahomes. jonathan yeah my fantasy hate for quarterbacks this year is russell wilson um he started off last year extremely hot then struggled um a bit in the second half this guy is very inconsistent uh he's got good weapons you know lockett and dk are obviously studs but I just don't trust this guy to, you know, be going where he's going in drafts. I mean, I, I can see a scenario, honestly, where he finishes, you know, somewhere between 10 and 15 this year in quarterback. And um, because, you know, he's getting older, so he's probably going to be using his legs less and less, you know, each year going forward. So he's going to rely more on his arm. And he's not that big. So wear and tear, it's going to have to be getting to him pretty soon. He's north of 30 now. And I don't see him, you know, where he's going in drafts. I think he's a fine if you can get him like, you know, in late rounds, but where you're in drafts, I think he's being very, very overvalued. Similar to Zach's point on Mahomes, I, I would not consider Russell Wilson, you know, a top five fantasy quarterback this year. And that's basically where he's getting drafted right around five, six. I don't like hearing that after I took him in our league. So Good. not great. Doesn't, doesn't feel great. Uh, hey, don't worry. Jonathan came in last, last year. I wouldn't really take his advice too hard. <laughs> Sadly. Uh, I didn't have to do the punishment though. So I went in the, I went in the ocean. 
He did it. He I mean, you one. did it, but you didn't have to, right? I don't know. I had to. No, a bunch of other people did it with him. That yeah. Was the thing. Um, my fantasy hate this year is Dak Prescott, kind of for the reasons you've talked about earlier, Jonathan. Just for me personally, it's hard to trust him coming off of that gruesome ankle injury. You don't know if he'll be the same quarterback coming back from it. If there's going to be any confidence issues, if he's going to, how long it's going to take him to feel comfortable in the pocket and whatnot and be quick on his feet. Uh, And I just don't know if he's going to be right back as a top tier quarterback right off the bat. So from that perspective, I just, I can't take him as a top four, top five quarterback when you don't even know if he's fully healthy coming into week one. You don't really know where he's at for the reasons Jonathan mentioned earlier. So for that, I just, I think he's being drafted far too high in drafts. So I would stay away from him and see if you can get a value pick. If someone else wants to take a a chance on him earlier, let them, but that's how, that's how I feel about that. So let's move on to running back. So as we said, running back, it's not, it's a very important position when it comes to fantasy football, because death is not a very deep position. You've got plenty of stars at the top, but once you start to get into that RB two range, you start nitpicking, start looking for, for who's going to pop off uh, on a week to week basis. Uh, it's no shock to see Christian McCaffrey at the top of the rankings unanimously. Uh, he'll be coming back from that, from an injury riddled 2020 season, followed by Dalvin cook, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, and Ezekiel Elliott. So Zach, I'll start with you. When you look at the running back rankings for this year, anything stick out to you? Uh, well, when, when you get past five and they got Saquon at six, he's a tough one to pay. You, you don't know. They say he's going to be ready for week one. Who knows that injury, if he's actually going to be ready. Kamara, the quarterback situation is tough. I mean, if if it's Jameis, he, he'll be right up there. If it's not, then they're going to run the ball a lot more and well, with the quarterback, and he's won't get as many touches. Uh, Derek Henry obviously needs the touchdowns to be super effective. Um, one guy I think is going to crack the top five and push, maybe push number one is uh, Antonio Gibson. Washington, they don't got a lot there other than McLaurin. He's going to get a ton of work, and he's going to get to play all those teams in the uh, NFC East th- two times each, so get a lot of big games out of Antonio Gibson this year. Jonathan? Um, yeah, I don't really have a problem with the top five. Although Ezekiel only had a five. I'm not really sure. This dude is a known fat bust. Um, he's completely humongous. He's probably over the hill. Um, and if Dak's going to get hurt, as we know last year, he just quits. So he's got a chance to just quit again. Like he did last year, probably lose a couple games. He'll probably just quit like he did last year. I definitely wouldn't take him in the top four. If I had the fourth pick, I definitely wouldn't take Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and one guy I do like, though, is is Austin Eckler. I mean, he's got good value there at seven. I think that, you know, Justin Herbert is going to be dumping it down a lot to him. Um, and I think he's, he's a PPR machine. He's just got to stay healthy. That's his big thing. 
as is, you know, everyone's got to stay healthy, but this guy has been reeled with injuries in the past when he's been the number one, but if he can stay healthy, he's definitely got a chance to top to get top three. Honestly, is he your fantasy love? Um, no, my fantasy love is Saquon. Oh, I got to hear this. Please lead us off. Saquon's an absolute stud. Coming back from the ACL, he's going to have an Adrian Peterson type year, rushing for 2,000, north of 80 catches, 20 plus total touchdowns, number one in fantasy this year, Saquon Barkley. Wow. Hey, who'd you pick in the first round this year? Saquon Barkley. (laughs) Who who did you pick at? uh, in the first or second round this year for running backs, was it Antonio Gibson or uh, Jonathan Taylor? Actually, and, and who was the other one? I think you went too. Antonio Gibson. Oh, 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 weird. <laughs> it's almost like I should have done this before <laughs> the draft. That's that's what it's starting to seem like. But um, there is that possibility. <laughs> um, my fantasy love this year. And it's kind of convenient that we didn't do it before the draft is because it's James Robinson, because now with Travis ETN out for the season with that foot injury, uh, his main competition for carries is gone and work passing down usage is gone. Carlos Hyde ain't a threat. Any other bum they pick up the scrap heap, not a threat. So what happened last year? James Robinson was the seventh best running back in fantasy last year. He was an RB1. Yeah, he kind of tapered off a little bit towards the end, but he was still an RB1 week in and week out. And I see no different this year. Now that Travis Etienne's out of the picture, he's got a high-volume role. He's got a, a better quarterback, presumably, in Trevor Lawrence with his receiving chops. I think this is, uh, again, an RB1. And I know at the moment he's still being reflected as, a, as an RB2. He's shown to be 15 right now in the RB rankings. I'm not sure if that's entirely reflective of the, the ETN injury or not. But if it's not, that's a steal. Yeah, anybody that drafted him like before the, before the ETN injury and they got him in like the fifth round, fifth or sixth round, whatever, got an absolute steal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he was a league winner last year, and he might do the same thing this year. Who's your fantasy love this year, Zach, for running backs? Uh, my fantasy love is Antonio Gibson. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, there's a lot of guys there ahead of him going that I would take him over. And he's just going to get – He's only. I mean, he's only at 11, but I would take him – Maybe CMC, Dalvin, Kamara. That's probably about it. Then they Sa- Saquon, obviously. Not that. Not that bust. No. <laughs> no. Not that injury plague bust. <laughs> no. And, uh, and I'm glad you brought up Saquon again, Zach, because that is my fantasy hate. I yeah, hate Saquon sucks. Barkley this year. I'm do gonna you be clipping really, this. Do you really want to be that guy? Do you really want to be a Jonathan? and spend a first-round pick on a guy coming off of a torn ACL who's missed 18 games over the past two seasons and has a history of ankle injuries between college, two-times ankle sprains, and the pros, a high ankle sprain. Do you you, you really want to do that? Is that worth it? It's not worth it to me. I'd rather not find out the hard way. Jonathan seems to be inclined to do so, but if I were you, I wouldn't. So... 
even though he does have a little bit of a favorable schedule for in terms of running back strength of schedule for fantasy, it's not enough for me. I'm out. I'm not taking well, he gets as same as Antonio Gibson. He gets to play those uh, NFC East teams twice. Yeah, but he won't play as much because he's going to be hurt. So. Nah, he'd yeah. be playing all 17. Well, he might miss the first week. <laughs> <laughs> After that, he'll be ready for this. He'll be ready down the stretch. That's there's, a, there's a bigger percent chance that he doesn't play double digits than he plays 17. <laughs> nah. Yeah, so that's that's if you want to be Jonathan and roll the dice with him, take your first round pick on him, be my guest. I am so out on that. Yeah. Jonathan, who's your fantasy hate? Well, it would be easy for me to say Joe Mixon, but I'm not going to. My fantasy hate this year is Chris Carson. Um Okay, hold on. You just hate the Seahawks. No, no, no. He (laughs) hates my players. I drafted all the Seahawks after you guys were all Hawks, 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 and now he's anti-Seattle. That's what this is. That's what this is. Look, the reason why I'm Chris Carson is he's being drafted as as an RB2, basically, at 17 in drafts, and there's a guy behind him named Rashad Penny who is finally healthy, and is going to be better than Christian Chris Carson this year from the running back. And he's going to steal all Chris Carson's plays and come week nine or 10, Chris Carson will no longer be the starter in Seattle. Rashad Penny will be what, what did you just say? Rashad Rashad Penny will be the starter in Seattle come like week 10. Yep. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, I'll backpack that. That's, that's a terrible. That's a. Thank you, Dan. Mess. Thank you, yeah. Dan. That's a that's a Felger and Maz guy for you right there. Yeah, uh, dude. My fancy hate is DK Metcalf. There's a guy named Tyler Lockett that's such a better receiver for Russell Wilson to throw to. Okay, give me your fantasy love, Nick. Oh, <laughs> uh, geez. Uh, kind of put me on the spot here. Look, let me look at my trusty sheet of notes that I took before the draft. My fantasy love for this year is absolutely Najee Harris. Um, the Steelers' offense is going to be fantastic this year. You know I love Big Ben. And they finally have a nice non-fraud running back behind them, like James Conner was for them. Uh, and Najee Harris, obviously a beast in college. He's going to have great success in the pros. So, uh, unfortunately, I didn't draft him. But – I would absolutely draft him if you get the chance to. I think he could be a sneaky RB1 that and, uh, that people aren't exactly looking for at the very, very top of their boards. Okay. Okay. Uh, That's a DS wreck, by the way. No, no, no. <laughs> Do not soil the good name of DS Rex like that. Don't, don't do that. He soiled it by no showing. Um, my fantasy hate is uh, Josh Jacobs. Uh, they signed oh, Kenyon Drake. Uh, this they're in a fifty-fifty split. Jacobs already doesn't get the passing game. Kenyon Drake's going to steal all that now. Uh, it, the Raiders suck anyways. Like, I don't know how you can trust Derek Carr at all. So I don't have much faith in Josh Jacobs. I love the player. I wish he was on another team because he's really good. But Man, he's gonna have. It's gonna be a rough season for him unless Kenyon gets hurt. Yeah, I'm out on him too. It was it was tempting to make him mine, but I I had a feeling you were gonna look to your Raiders 
for your fantasy hate Z. So I <clears throat> didn't want to steal that one from you. Uh, let's uh, let's move on here to wide receivers and wide receivers always seemingly the deepest position in the game without a shadow of a doubt um, for obvious reasons. Headlining this year's rankings is Green Bay Packers star Devontae Adams, followed by Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, and Calvin Ridley. So, Zach, I'll start with you. When you look at the wide receivers rankings, what sticks out? Uh, it's just how clear Devontae Adams is of everyone else. Uh, I mean, he's got Aaron Rodgers, the MVP last year, throwing to him. No competition. I mean, they brought in Randall Cobb. Like, <laughs> sick. Uh, that's my guy. Yeah, that's your guy. Maybe five years ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Jonathan is raving about Randall Cobb <laughs> for literally the past like week or so. And I don't understand why. I don't understand it. Devontae Adams gets like 30% target share. He's the, it, and then he, they got Bob Tunyon. That's about it. So I love Devontae Adams. And then Calvin Ridley's the only guy I think that will, can really push him for the top spot. Atlanta's going to be terrible again. They're going to throw the ball a lot. And with Julio gone, it's going to be all Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. So love me some Calvin Ridley, too. Garbage time, Matt Ryan. Garbage time, Matt Ryan. That's where he lives. <laughs> Nick, any initial thoughts for wide receivers? Um, well, I mean, listen, I already told you how much I love Tyler Lockett, but on a serious note, uh, Keenan Allen stocks have to be pretty high. I mean, we well, Justin Herbert last year showed that he can really dish out uh, the ball really well, and Keenan Allen's going to be the beneficiary of that. And I've, I've always been a Keenan Allen guy, and everyone's always said, oh, no, he's going to get hurt. But he's proven he can put together some healthy seasons. His and, time's coming. Uh, his time is so coming. No, no, you will, you will not spew this injury bug curse on my guys, Keenan Allen. I, I refuse. Uh, but yeah, I love I love Keenan Allen. I always will love Keenan Allen, and, and until he does me dirty, he will. Jonathan, uh, with the top five, I I don't have a problem. Obviously, as Zach mentioned, Calvin Ridley. They love Calvin Ridley because Atlanta is going to be terrible this year. Everything Calvin Ridley is going to be doing is going to be basically in like garbage time because after the first quarter, Atlanta is probably going to be losing in like most of their games. Sadly. Um, Hopkins digs behind Hill and Devontae Adams is fine. You know, Stefan Diggs is a PPR beast, uh, led the league in receptions last year. I see no reason why he can't do that again this year with Josh Allen, probably only improving. Jandre Hopkins, obviously a stud. They both got good quarterback play and I don't really have a problem with the top five at all. You know, Hill obviously isn't the same, doesn't get as many catches as the other guys, but you know, he only needs to touch the ball two times and he can have a hundred yards and two scores because he just, is faster than everyone else on the field. So he's probably the most, he's probably the most explosive player in the whole league. Um, you know, and with Mahomes throwing on the ball, obviously they can get that deep ball going. So yeah, I don't have a problem with the, with the top five at all. I think AJ Brown at seven is definitely interesting because you don't know if Julio Jones is going to be able to, is going to eat into his kind of workload or if it's going to be beneficiary in terms of freeing him up for even more downfield looks uh instead of being 
blanketed with presumable double it, coverage. It certainly seems as though the rankings are assuming the latter with mm-hmm. that, with that assumption at, as him at seven, that Julio well, Jones is going to be the number two in Tennessee. You got to remember, they also lost Corey Davis and John Smith who were getting, you know, combined a decent amount of targets in that offense. So now it's really just Julio and, uh, and uh, AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. So let's get into our fantasy love. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to steal somebody's going first to hear. Uh, sorry, not sorry. If for me, it's, it's scary. Terry McLaurin for the football team. I mean, last year he was a wide receiver too. And that was in spite of having Alex Smith and Kyle Allen as his starters. And now you put in Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick in at quarterback who just loves to sling the football around. That's going to provide Terry with a lot more downfield attempts, big play opportunities. And with another year under his belt, I feel like this could be, if last year wasn't the coming out party for Terry McLaurin, this year will be by possibly having a wide receiver one season. So I, I like Terry McLaurin a lot. Love that. Love me some scary Terry. Mm-hmm. Nick, who's your fantasy love for wide receivers? I mean, I, I can't believe you're going to make me pick another name instead of Keenan Allen. But I mean, if I, if I got to talk about you it, can, somebody, yeah. you can retweet Kyle Allen. If you, I mean, Kyle, Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen. who the Trash hell is can't. that old Panthers QB. quarterback. And I literally, team. literally just said Kyle Allen. So that's still that's on my mind. Um, but listen, uh, another guy who I definitely love and I'm, uh, I think is going to solidify himself as the number one target in his offense is Jamar Chase. We are not Team T. Higgins. We are a Jamar <laughs> Chase fan club. Uh, and I want my guy Joey B to absolutely light it up with Chase this year. They got that link up LSU style. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how those two uh, connect together in the pros. And who did you draft at wide receiver this year, Nick? Uh, I I may have I may have drafted Jamar Chase this year, but I didn't draft Keenan Allen, so uh, they they call me diverse. Okay, okay, Jonathan, who's your fantasy love for wide receiver? My fantasy love this year is Chris Godwin uh, for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is obviously going to be slinging box, the ball box, around. Box, box. Tampa Bay is obviously going to be slinging the ball around a lot with Tom Brady. You got Mike Evans, you got Antonio Brown, you got Gronk, you got OJ Howard back, but we know Brady loves that slot possession receiver. We saw it with Welker, we saw it with Edelman. Yes, Chris Godwin's a little bit bigger than those guys, but last year he was hurt a bit. He's got a full off season of work under with Tom Brady now. He's ready to go. He's coming. Two years ago, he was basically the number one wide receiver with Jameis Winston throwing on the ball, and he's getting drafted like a wide receiver two or wide receiver three if you draft wide receivers a lot. Um, I'm not going to say I did that, but I'm just saying potentially if you draft a lot of wide receivers, you get him as wide receiver three. And I think he, he has an easy chance or he has, he certainly has a chance, you know, to put up close to a hundred catches in the expanded season and push for wide receiver one um, on your team type numbers. And he's getting drafted like a wide receiver two or wide receiver three at this point because of, you know, some other people in the offense, but, we know the way Tom Brady throws the ball as, as Pats guys and Bucks guys. Um, and we know he loves the guy in the slot. And that's what Chris Godwin is for that team. Zach? 
my fantasy love is Deontay Johnson. I love Nick's fantasy love, Big Ben. He it's his favorite target. I think the big rape is back. I think he's gonna have a good year and he's gonna hit his favorite target a lot. Ryan, uh, I don't know why you're sleeping on Big Ben. I, this year. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I think it, Ryan I thought Big Ben hate Nick, right now. Ryan literally thought Nick was being like sarcastic and trolling when he said that. Literally, no, sadly, I, I, I don't get he's the mistaken. Hate. <laughs> Big Ben's been a very good quarterback in this league for a long time, and I think he's got one more, at least one more good year in him. And Deontay Walking Johnson, this is the this is the breakout year for him. Why wow. uh, push for top ten? I'm just. I'm going to be really upset with myself if I was a year too early on Deontay Johnson. That's that. I think that's, you were. I, I'm going to be really upset if that's the case. Uh, so let's get into our wide receiver hate. Uh, Jonathan, do you think we're on the, the same page here for this one? It's not anyone on the Seahawks. Okay. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give yours first? My wide receiver hate actually is Chris Godwin's teammate, Mike Evans, is my wide receiver hate this year. I just, this guy is so boomer bust. He's basically like a, at this point, he's very touchdown heavy. You know, he scores a lot of touchdowns. I think his touchdowns are coming down this year with the emergence of OJ Howard back, Gronk, Antonio Brown, the running backs, whatever. Um, And I think he's just being overvalued because I think he's, He's certainly not the number one wide receiver in Tampa Bay. That's probably Chris Godwin. And Tom Brady, as good as Tom Brady is, you know, he's a good, he's an okay deep ball thrower. He's never been a great deep ball thrower. You know, the days of him hucking the ball downfield to Randy Moss, I think those days are behind him. He's more of a possession guy now. He'll still throw it every once in a while. But I just don't see Mike Evans, you know, doing it this year. He's very inconsistent. One game he'll have, 10 catches for 120 and two scores. And the next game, he'll have two catches for 15 yards. And I, I, as someone that, that governed him a lot in the past, I'm just, he's just overrated. Like he's a nice wide receiver, but you shouldn't be drafting him as your wide receiver one or wide receiver two. At this point, you, you, the wide receiver position is very deep and you can get better guys than Mike Evans. Zach, who's your fantasy hate for wide receiver? This is, Nick's going to love this again. It's, it's tough. Um, it's T Higgins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jamar Chase is just going to no! eat up Everybody hates a Ryan. lot of these targets. <laughs> Tyler Boyd is still there. T Higgins, he's, it's not going to be a good year to be a T Higgins owner. Uh, ah! I, I don't believe in the talent that much. And there's just too many mellows to feed in that offense. And I don't think, I think he's going to be the odd man out. Is this, is this collusion? The, oh, my, I, my I had show? this on the screen before. I don't even know he's on your team. I had it on the screen on my computer before the show. I'm starting no, to I'm think these, these are just rational big boy takes. Yes. Yeah, so most... When your team wins fantasy this year, well, I'll just, well, I'll have to wish you uh, an apology and give you an attaboy and a pat on the back. Uh, I don't <laughs> think I'm going to get any of those. <laughs> I think <laughs> Ryan's in the, I think Ryan's more on route for the milk. I swear oh, oh, to God, don't even invoke that. Uh, nope, nope, and uh, no. Uh, Nick, what's your fantasy hate this year? Ooh, boom. So my fantasy hate this year is Adam Thielen. Uh, and the reason for it 
is because the Vikings are all going to get COVID <laughs> and uh, it's going to spread through that entire locker room uh, because Mike Zimmer hates his team. Um, and, and that's going to, I, I think more likely than not, Adam Thielen is going to find himself uh, on the COVID list, whether he gets it or he's a close contact. Uh, I think it, it's going to screw over this Vikings team uh, unless they figure that out soon. Predicting a COVID breakout for a team. That's bold. That's bold. Bro, Mike Zimmer hates his job. Like, tell me I'm wrong. Well, I am going to attempt to match that. My fantasy hate this year is none other than Keenan Allen. And it has literally nothing to do with his projected performance. It has everything to do with his injury history. This man is due. He is so due to blow out a knee. He is so due to break his back, fracture a hip, something. It's been far too long. He had, in his first four seasons, he missed like 48 games. I might That might be a little bit too high of a number. I think it's somewhere in the 40s. And in the past four seasons, ever since the Chargers moved to L.A., he's magically only missed two games. How? How? That, 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 is, that does not make sense that all of a sudden the injury bug just disappears from this man. He must be on the TB12 diet. He, he I was just going to say that. I, I'm not <laughs> even kidding. You. He has had four season-ending injuries dating back to college. I can't so, believe you're wishing injury upon somebody. That's messed up, bro. Yeah, I don't act like you've never done it. So, in other words, he's due for a significant injury. I, I'm, I'm just not taking that chance. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. Can't do it. So, let's head over to the tight end position. And tight end, just let's be brutally honest. It's, it's a three-man show at the top of the rankings. You got Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and George Kittle, and pretty much everyone else. Uh, ESPN chooses to have Mark Andrews at four and TJ Hawk, Hawk Hawkinson at five. And, but after those top three, it's, it's really tough to, it's, it's, it's hit or miss from there on. Um, but Nick, what do, what do you think about the tight end position this year? Well, let me tell you, I absolutely love TJ Hawkinson, baby. Oh, yuck. Hawks, Hawks, Hawks. Um, and, uh, you know, I may have drafted this guy, may have not drafted this guy, but I think he's got a great outlook for the season. He proved last year he can go. He's been improving every year. It's, you know, kind of a slow rookie year, but his second year he was fantastic. I believe he had something to the line of uh, 700 yards receiving, and I think, I want to say like six or seven touchdowns, something like that. Um, so it's only up from here for him. A uh, young guy in this league, he's going to be a menace of the tight end position going forward. And uh, pretty soon you're going to see him posting uh, Darren Waller numbers. Okay. Uh, J- Jonathan. Um, my love or just my opinion is on the top five? Just, just your opinion on the rankings at this point. Well, I think Mark Andrews, as you said, it's a three-person race. Whoever you put at four, I think, can be debatable. Obviously, I I am debating it. Um, Mark Andrews is very 
hit or miss, as is everyone basically at the tight end position. But Mark Andrews is not a guy that catches a lot of passes. He's a guy that gives you like when he's when he's on, he gives you like four for fifty in a tutty or three for like sixty in a tutty. He's not a guy that's gonna go out there and catch, you know, eight, nine, ten balls. That's just not the type of player the Ravens play him as. So, you know, drafting him four is a big risk because he is he certainly is gonna have games where he catches like two touchdowns on like five catches for 60 yards and puts up like the best prize score for a tight end that week. But he's also going to have games where he probably catches one catch or two catches for like 20 yards. And that's all you get from him. He's never going to, he's never going to help you in PPR. He's like just so touchdown dependent um, that he's, he brings a lot of risk at four. Um, I would, I would draft other people over him at the position in my opinion. Zach. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of what you guys said, not much what Nick said. I don't understand why TJ Hawkinson's there <laughs> at five at all. It's you know, all be way further down the list. Uh, that that's baffling to me. Jared Goff is a nightmare and the lions are just going to be terrible. So I don't really get the Hawkinson love whatsoever. Um, Kyle Pitts. Uh, he's one of the best athletes to come out of the draft in a long time. And he's, he's going to have a huge year in Atlanta and might even push one of those guys for top three. He's my, easily my fourth tight end right now. Uh, him being behind Hawkinson is crazy with the quarterback disparity. Uh, I loved Mark Andrews when I had him on my team last year, but yeah, like Jonathan said, he so boomer bust, just completely touchdown dependent. Same as Rob, Robert Tunyon. Um, if he doesn't get 10 touchdowns again, he won't be up in the top five where he was last year. Mm-hmm. Zach, why don't you get us going on fantasy love for the position? Well, I, you know, you, you know, I love Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. and another guy I really love is Gronk. Uh, Gronk. Oh. You know, he's he's going to be in an amazing offense, and we know Brady Song. loves to throw to him. We saw in the Super Bowl what he can do Song. when he's finally back and healthy. Here we Gronk. go, Gronk season. This Gronk spikes back. Give me Gronk top ten of the position this year. Gronk spikes. <laughs> Nick. Um, let's see. A guy that I love, and Jonathan knows that I love this guy. He's my he love too. Can I? Can I? Can just you can you talk for me. Together? You just you just talk for me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So don't you, you, you can skip over Jonathan because we both love this guy, Logan Thomas of the football team. All right, you're speaking for me too. Football team. Wow. <laughs> wow. No, oh, look at that. Takes all on the line. That's wild. Yeah. See, Ryan, we're not out to get you. <laughs> <laughs> One time. <laughs> I mean, I mean there, there's a lot of there's a lot of reason to love Logan Thomas the way he ended uh, last season. Uh, he was a touchdown machine. He was a target machine. I mean, he the, the amount of targets he was getting uh, in the second half of the season were unbelievable. So you got to think that uh, that's going to carry over and bring him much success in the 2021 season. Yeah, I mean, if. I feel like if there's anyone that has an outside shot of putting up those Kelsey Waller Kittle numbers, it's fair to say Kyle Pitts is definitely in the discussion for that. But I think you can put Logan Thomas in that discussion too. 
especially with Fitzmagic in town. If Fitzmagic is playing out of his goddamn mind and not imploding and throwing picks left and right, if he's on, watch out. He's right up there with Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. Ah, okay. All right. <laughs> That's where you lose everyone. <laughs> good, good take there, Dan. <laughs> hey. I had to give him a little love, you know. Well, Jonathan, why don't you lead us off on fantasy hate for the position? All right, my fantasy hate. Um it, it is, it's Mark Andrews. I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I just he's an okay starting tight end if you're if you're drafting tight end late. You know, if he's like the eighth or ninth tight end off the board, in my opinion. But I just wouldn't take him fourth. And if he's the fourth tight end off your board, it probably means that someone is reaching for him at that point because the top three are gone and someone in your draft is probably nervous that they got to get a tight end or the tight ends are going to start going quick. And they reach on Mark Andrews. And I think Lamar Jackson has room to improve. But the wide receivers in Baltimore have also gotten better. You got J.K. Dobbins now, who's in his second year, who I think is going to be much more playing a role in the offense down at the goal line. So, you know, they got Mark Andrews. Is, they use him a lot at the goal line, but they got Lamar, J.K. These guys are going to score touchdowns, and they're going to steal touchdowns from Mark Andrews. And so I don't think he's going to put up, you know, Zach said, what, he put up 10 touchdowns last year? I don't think he's going double-digit touchdowns this year. And when he doesn't score touchdowns, he's, you know, bottom 10-15 in the rankings for a tight end, basically. Zach, who's your fantasy hate? Uh, my fantasy is Dallas Goddard. Uh, I, I don't believe in Jalen Hurts' ability to push the ball down the field. He's a great runner. I, I don't know about the arm. And they added to the wide receiver core as well. It's still Zach Ertz there even though he's a shell of himself. But Dallas Goddard being the eighth tight end, uh, there's a lot of guys that I would take ahead of him, and I don't really like that pick there. As DS, I have to tell you I hate that, but I also love it as DS but because uh, I love Jalen Hurts. Um, but my fantasy hate uh, is Noah Fant. Uh, God this- damn it. <laughs> I mean, the, the quarterback situation in Denver is just poo-poo, stinky, doo-doo fart. It's terrible. Uh, and I don't, I wouldn't trust it to bring consistent success uh, for a guy even as good as Noah Fant. Um, wow. Sorry, I got distracted. The Red Sox are blowing the game. Um, but, yeah, Noah Fant, don't trust him. He's ranked, what, 10, I think, in tight ends. Uh, get somebody else. He'll have other options. Yeah, it looks like he's ranked number nine this year. Um, I hate him just because, yeah, for some of the reasons you were talking about, Teddy Bridgewater, new quarterback at the helm. They've got the second hardest schedule for fantasy tight ends uh, for, in terms of strength of schedule. And I'd rather honestly take a flyer on somebody else at that point in the draft than take uh, or take a flyer on somebody later on in the draft at the position than to take a Noah Fant in the middle rounds. I know he was a tight end one last year. He finished eighth in the position despite the subpar play uh, at quarterback, but I'm, I'm just not on board with it this year. And I'd rather take my chances elsewhere. Now, one thing we haven't really hit on much is sleepers for each of the positions. So let's quickly go through sleepers at each of the positions. So, uh, Zach, I'll start with you. Who are your sleepers at 
Uh, give me one for each of the positions, if you'd like. Uh, my sleeper at quarterback is Sam Darnold. Uh, hey, Nick, never really to that. had Pronounced Sam Darnold. <laughs> Sam Darnold, sorry. <laughs> he's so trash. <laughs> that, that's a lie. He's never had any sort of offense around him. And now he goes to a team where he's got boatloads of offense. And he'll have a great opportunity to be a really good fantasy quarterback this year if he doesn't shoot himself in the foot first. Um, at running back, got Javante Williams in Denver. Uh, he's going to get a lot of work and they like to run the ball in Denver. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater being the quarterback, the starting quarterback helps a lot because Drew Locke is just fucking terrible. Uh, wide receiver, a uh, wide receiver, Jacoby Myers. Uh, hey, my guy, big Pats guy, uh, tight ends are going to get a lot of the focus. So is the running game. And he'll get, he should get a lot of work over the middle. Uh, he had a stretch last year where he was absolutely disgusting. He was lighting up fantasy left and right. Uh, him and Cam seem to have a good rapport. Uh, if Cam's actually the quarterback, I don't know. And if not, then Mac Jones is even better because he can actually throw the ball. And lastly, a tight end. Well, it was Gronk, so there you go. <laughs> Nick, who are some sleepers for you at each of the positions? Uh, well, I mean, I, I told you at the beginning of the show, whether it was a DS wreck or not, but, uh, I'm going to stick with Mac Jones. Once he gets a starting job, don't be sleeping on his ability to put up some numbers. Uh, as far as wide receiver, I, uh, I really like Russell Gage now in Atlanta with Julio now gone. It, it's pretty much aside from Pitts, it's, he's the number two guy uh, right behind Calvin Ridley. Um, at running back, uh, I'm going to go with my guy, Melvin Gordon. Everybody hates on Melvin Gordon constantly, <laughs> but I think they're going to be running the ball a good amount, uh, especially with my, or at least in my opinion, with uh, I don't trust Teddy Bridgewater too much. I think Melvin Gordon will find a way to get involved in that offense. Dog shit. Um, and a tight end, I'll, I'll roll with Chris Herndon um, I, and see if Zach Wilson can bring this guy back to life. We've been waiting on Chris Herndon to supposedly yes. be nasty uh, every freaking year, and he hasn't shown it, but maybe new quarterback, new Chris Herndon. So we'll have to wait and see. No, he's on the Jets, so that's impossible. Uh, Jonathan, go ahead. All right, so my QB sleeper this year is Joe. Joe Burrow of the no, Cincinnati I love Bengals. Let's go, you Joe. Know, they got good weapons there. Tyler Board, T. Higgins. They just drafted Jamar Chase. Ew. They they upgrade the offensive line. They got Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon as well. So that you got the two Joes there in Cincy. You know, we all don't like Joe Mixon for obvious reasons, but when he plays, he's still okay. And Joe Burrow's going like between 13, 14 in drafts. I think he can push to be a quality starter. Um, he was borderline start start worthy before he had that bad injury last year. I see no reason why. He can't be, you know, back end top 10 this year, potentially. He can also move a little bit. You know, he's not a statue back there. He, he can score a couple of rushing touchdowns every once in a while or scramble and pick up a first, which obviously has immense value in fantasy with the running quarterback. My running back sleeper is Raheem Moster. Did you know Raheem Moster, since he entered the league, is number one in yards per carry for running backs? Um, minimum, like, however many carries. Um, with like five and a half per carry. 
He's finally healthy. We know San Francisco loves to run the ball. They just drafted Trey Sermon in the third round, but he's already hurt. He's got an ankle injury. And when San Francisco went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, they was on the back of their running game. You know, Jimmy G in the NFC Championship game only threw the ball eight times. They just ran the ball the whole time. So Raheem Mostert, RB1 in that offense, getting drafted as like an RB3, I think he can put, put up RB2 numbers. You know, some of the other guys might steal a little bit in the passing game, but he should be the goal line back as well, which is very valuable and fancy. My wide receiver uh, is a sleeper. This guy's a household name, but he's a sleeper and fancy this year, and that's OBJ. OBJ, another guy coming off an injury like Joe Burrow. This guy was actually putting up wide receiver two, four-line wide receiver one numbers before he got hurt last year in Dallas. And he's getting drafted in the 30s for wide receiver. So I think he can definitely be a, a potential wide receiver two this year, and he's getting drafted like a flex guy at best. And then my tight end, Nick's going to love this one. My tight end sleeper is Evan Engram, uh, the New York Giants. This guy is a freak athlete, basically a wide receiver in a tight end's body. And if he can stay healthy, he, he's got good skills. He, he was a top tight end for a while in fantasy a few seasons ago. He was actually, actually pretty, good pretty good as a rookie as well. And he's, a- I, he's got potential to be a top 10 tight end this year if he can stay healthy and, and get everything back together like he did, like he showed those flashes his first two seasons ago. Night. That guy is consistently a fraud every year. Do not think about drafting it. Literally, I'd rather not play a tight end. Mm-hmm. Cap. Yeah. It's going to call cap on that. Um, for me, I'm right there with Jonathan. My sleeper at quarterback is Joe Burrow. Yes, he's coming off the torn ACL, and that adds risk. But – because of that risk, he is being drafted as a quarterback too. And if he returns to form or even improves upon the play that he did as a rookie last year, it, given his weapons that Jonathan detailed, he could easily be in the quarterback one discussion and have a top 10 season at the position. So I think Joe Burrow uh, is definitely being slept on a little bit. At running back, I, my sleeper is Kareem Hunt. He, he was an RB1 last year. With Nick Chubb, he was better. He put up better fantasy numbers than Nick Chubb. Yes, Nick Chubb missed four or five games, and Chubb was right there with him. So I'll, I'll take that. But, I mean, for Kareem Hunt to play 11 of the 15 games with Nick Chubb and still be able to put up those kind of RB1 numbers as the second running back on a team, I mean, and he's being drafted as an RB3 slash flex. I think that's criminal, and that's very fitting for Kareem Hunt. Uh, but ah. he has RB2 with outside RB1 potential should Chubb miss time. So I think, I think Kareem Hunt can be a fantasy steal. My wide receiver sleeper is another guy like Jonathan coming off of an injury. That's Michael Thomas. Now, a lot of people are hating on him this year. And rightfully so. He's coming off of the offseason ankle surgery. He seems to be kind of on the fence, kind of disgruntled about how things are going with the team and whatnot. And they've got a new quarterback, whether it's Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. Presumably, we'll assume it's Jason or Jameis Winston. But, man, he is being drafted as a wide receiver slash flex, like back-end wide receiver three like borderline flex play. Yes, he's going to miss some games at the start of the season, but this is still Michael Thomas. I know last year was a very much a down year for him, 
But this is a guy that literally broke the NFL record for receptions and I think yardage as well in a season in 2019. And I think people have just lost sight of that. Um, yes, it, it could turn out to be a, a bust of a year again if you can't get past the ankle issue or the quarterback play is subpar. But where he's going in drafts, which is like mid to uh, toward mid, like the back end of the draft, like middle to late ends rounds of the draft, I think that's a, that's a steal. Take a flyer on Michael Thomas for sure. Because if he is, if he gets healthy and he gets back to the 2019 version of him, you just drafted a wide receiver one towards the end of your draft. And then tight end, I think this one's going to bite me in the bum. Uh, it's Tyler Higby. And I, I'm just going to try and will this one into existence for the second year in a row. Uh, I thought last year he was going to have a breakout year and then just didn't do it. We just couldn't. Everyone was on the hot Tyler Higby train and he just disappeared. He had a couple games where he popped off and that was it. Uh, but now he has Matt Stafford at quarterback. That should be an upgrade. Gerald Everett, who was his main competition at the position, gone off to Seattle. And 2021, the Rams have the third easiest strength of schedule for fantasy tight ends. So this could be slash should be the year Tyler Higby puts himself on the map as a tight end one, hopefully. Um, so I think it's possible he could put together a top 10 season at the p- position, especially given how kind of a wasteland uh, the position is once you get outside of the top three or four. So that's, those are my sleepers. Those are our fantasy sleepers for 2021. As we're kind of winding down here, uh, I, I do want to get some feedback from you guys on some miscellaneous stuff about fantasy football. So I'm, one of the best parts about fantasy football is obviously drafting, the draft in, in itself. But I want to ask you guys, what is the best part of draft day for you guys? Jonathan, the floor is yours. Well, the best part about draft day is when it's, it's even better in a, a – it's actually – it's great in a live in-person draft like we have. Sadly, you live far away, so you couldn't attend. But tough when you're sitting there waiting for your guy, praying that someone doesn't pick him, and this is like a two-parter. One is when your guy is sitting there and you have to wait a couple of picks and no one picks them, so you get them, so you're excited. The second is when you pick a guy and someone else is like, like piss or like, dah, like, damn, like they're all mad because you picked them. And that like, just, what? that's a, that's a great feeling. They're, they're like, a great feeling. Yeah. They're like, Grr, you know, they're punching, they're punching their palm, you know, cause you, <laughs> cause you drafted their, they drafted your guy, <laughs> you drafted their guy. And it's a good feeling. Just get them. You got them good. You got yeah, them good like that. <laughs> So yeah, that's the best part of the draft for me. Nah, the, the best the best part of draft day is when somebody makes like an actually respectable pick, but you gotta stay true to your guns and just yell out, Oh, what a trash pick. This guy stinks. Whether you mean it or you don't. Just to make him feel bad about picking that player. So you're a bully. Uh yeah, you gotta be a, you have a, you gotta have a little bit of a bully on draft day. You gotta have some stones on draft day. 
Zach? Nah, yeah, I, that's a good one. Uh, uh, my favorite is just the offline draft is obviously way better. Uh, but your first round, like the first draft, your first round pick, just getting getting the sticker and putting it up there. Um, just a great feeling. You're just like, oh, yes, fuck yeah, let's go. We're starting. Let's do it. Um, the sticker is just so much better than clicking draft this guy online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to agree with that. Like the anticipation right before the draft starts and kind of, kind of gets, gets the blood pumping. It's, it's really just gets the adrenaline going and there's not too many feelings that don't involve like actually physically partaking in something like just, just walking up to place a sticker Mm. on a board just gets the blood going that not a comparable feeling. Um, Let's talk about our favorite or best method that we've seen for determining draft order. Nick, I'll let you start. What's the best thing or method you've ever seen for determining draft order? Oh, Jesus. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like when we do it, we don't do it very creatively. Out of a hat. Uh, but I feel like it would it would not be very on brand for me if I didn't say uh, random bracket generator. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Wow, wow. that's Dude, a cop yeah, out, bro. Such an obscure question. Like we we little we pick names out of a hat every year. Do you think I just like scour the internet for like different ways to come up with a draft order? Like. Like, I don't know. Obviously, I'd have, I have to put more is the, thought. Is, that, is literally pulling names out of a hat the most, like, creative way you've ever seen a draft order determined? No, but, like, I don't have – I don't remember anything specific that I just uh, saw on, like, the internet. Aside from that TikTok that Zach sent to the chat the other day. <laughs> yeah, the beer pong tournament. That's actually – that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Um, I, I like it. The one, uh, the one I'm going to steal is from uh, – the TV show, the league, and they're all going on. They're all going to Vegas for the draft and all the guys are in the airport and they'd say first one through the, uh, security line gets the first pick and they're all just hopping fences and jumping through shit. And then the guy gets tackled for, by the cops. But I think that would be a lot of fun trying to run through the security thing, even though we'd probably get shot. <laughs> Yeah, I don't it would be interesting to see how many people actually survive it. Yeah. I think it just in general, but like having it in your like your own fate in your own hands. So like the beer pong thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Picking names out of a hat is just miserable, especially when Nick rigs it and gives me the last fucking pick. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. Jonathan. All right. So I'm gonna I get I get two. Um one is I just saw the Dodgers. They did for their fantasy draft. They did oh. like a closest to the pole at Dodger Stadium, like golf shot. But I know that Johns in our league wouldn't agree to that, sadly. So they wouldn't do it. But like maybe potentially as we are wiffle ball Johns, like put like the bucket out and somewhere in the outfield and then throw from home plate and like the, the closest, like that would determine oh. the, that would determine yeah, you've got the a lot of experience order. getting thrown out of home plate. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> What was the what was the final? We won. What was the final record? We won. We won. And that that well, was a deflection because because we were throwing the ball to center field, not to home. Okay, it would be like a target in center field, and that would determine it. Then the other one is if you don't have your fate in your own hands, which I understand people might not like. 
but this is how another one of my drafts is doing it is we're getting someone on cameo and you're just sending them the names. And then that person is just randomly deciding the draft order, which is tough, but it's fair because it's completely out of everyone in the league's hands. It cannot be rigged. Like Nick rigs the draft out of the the hat. Nick rigs it. (laughs) Lies. Wow. Do you know how much it costs for the cameo? Or it's whatever. 15 it's it's jim murray and it's 15 dollars. that's not a bad investment that's, no they there, they, there are definitely worse they wanted to get johnny sins who i do not <laughs> I, I, for the sake of this pod i i don't know who that is that's a lie you are lying <laughs> you through your fucking you teeth invoked his name no but way he, you he was lying little, he was a little too expensive so he must be some, he must be a big name. I think he's a doctor or a lawyer. I don't know. Handyman. I think I'm not sure. <laughs> Stepdad. I'm not really sure. Sir. <laughs> uh, I'm going to shout out the way that my work league is, determined our draft order, which was, it's only an eight person league, but we did virtual camel races on Bavada <laughs> for our draft order. I asked everyone to just send me a random number one through eight. And we let virtual goddamn camels determine our face. (laughs) It was electronic. It was electric. I I would highly recommend it. Um, Now let's, let's talk about the opposite end of the spectrum, the punishment for a league. Um, Some leagues do it. Some leagues have absolutely ridiculous punishments that are borderline just embarrassing to say the least. Um, But I'll start with you, Jonathan. What is the favorite punishment that you've ever seen levied in a league? And you can, this, this could be something you just read on the internet or some, or a punishment that you've seen in an actual league you've been in. Well, I, I know that people might disagree with this, but I, I do think the IHOP punishment is like is the perfect fantasy punishment. Like it just it's the right amount of like it just absolutely blows, but it's not to the point where like it's cruel or like embarrassing or like something that's just like way too like extreme for a fantasy football punishment. Um, but can you explain SA, it? So you basically got to go to IHOP um, and IHOP that's 24 hours and you just got to sit in a booth and every pancake you eat should take an hour. I think you can do half an hour if you're really cruel, but every pancake you eat should take an hour off. So basically you're probably there for like 12 to 16 hours. If you're like me and don't have like that big of an appetite. Um, And yeah, you just, you just watching the clock go tick, 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 tick. And it just, it just freaking blows. But I also think that the ACT or SAT, punishment is awful but it's hilarious especially for like an older league like for me um i feel like i could like get away with walking into the (laughs) SATs and the acts and no one would like no one would really look like twice but like if you were for like an older league like that that's awful but that's hilarious but it's just that's that's tough because that that costs like a decent amount of money to have to yeah. register yeah, it's for like, those. Yeah, it, it's fifty bucks. Like you, yeah. That's that's, that's yeah. Zach, what's what's your uh, most uh, liked punishment that you've seen? Uh, well, one that I think would be really hilarious is if we made the loser go do like go to like a stand up comedy thing and go do a whole 
routine if uh, we all got to go and just get hammered and boo the shit out of him while he's trying to make jokes and shit, I yes. think that would be so funny. Can can you imagine me trying to do stand up comedy <laughs> and yeah. I'm literally getting booed out the freaking joint? And one oh, of you bringing of, popcorn, throwing shit at you? Yeah, it'd be great. One of the oh. stipulations on that too is that the person that does the comedy isn't allowed to like drink, so they got to be like stone sober. cold sober <laughs> doing doing the stand up, but everyone else is just miserable. hammered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would oh. love that. Uh, mine, the most the, the the pouring of the milk over themselves at a busy intersection. I have to yeah. give a shout out to that. That's, that's our league punishment this year. And honestly, that's, that's the worst one that I've ever been a part of. Cause usually we either don't come up with one in time and nobody agrees to it. Or you get Mike Barry who just doesn't do it. And, or we do like a kind of like a, a let's just call it. It's lame. Like doing the polar plunge is like, it is what it is you know what hey I mean? put some respect on it no i mean you you literally <laughs> ran into cold water and came out you froze hey, for like it was cold you froze for like what 10 minutes 15 minutes no nah, not even the kid was ready he had everything going in the <laughs> yeah, car yeah everything was ready for <laughs> so, him he was fine he was fine within like three minutes yeah so like yeah, little not, mike had that little mike had the heat blast yeah. and i had to change the clothes ready yeah, everything was, was fucking ready to go that's that's a cop out in my mind but this this scat pouring 12 gallons of milk over yourself <laughs> at, a, at a, a busy street intersection uh, as everyone else holds up or as that person holds it has to hold up a sign that says they finished last in their fantasy league and like or and it says like what honk uh to have honk milk them. yeah yeah honk I, to have milk poured over myself i think i was thinking about it. i think we sh- we need like uh like two people to be with the person. And I think oh. that they shouldn't hold up the sign. So they should just be doing the milk. And one sign says he came in last, like at whatever at fantasy football. And then the other sign says like one honk equals one gallon or something like that. Well, that'll be so quick that, I mean, we're going to get 12 honks and like, well, no yeah, time. but yeah, but yeah, I, it, it should be very interesting. I, 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 if I can be there for that, I very much want to be there in person for that. Well, we'll just what? save it for you when you come up there. Oh, yeah. that'd be awesome. Uh, Some hot July day. You got poor bunch of milk over your head. Oh, the milk is getting hot. Dude. Oh, oh, no. No. Oh, if, if I, if I have, Oh my God, if it's me, I'm making you guys come to Arkansas to do it in a hundred degree July. Oh, in little rock. Just, Oh, Oh, that would be so bad. We said, we said the, I think we were talking about, maybe you didn't hear us, but we were saying we got to go to like some like remote town in Arkansas with like one stop sign. And just, it would take you like forever. Cause there's like no cars (laughs) that come around like all day. It takes you like two hours to see like 12 cars. Right. I I know exactly where to point you in the right direction, but I I know I need to make sure that I'm not being subjected to that (laughs) before I disclose that. That'd be tough. Uh, Nick, do you have a favorite punishment? Uh, I feel like I'm on the outs in this, but I mean, I really like the spicy wings challenge. I really, you know, just to bring the pain and force people to eat some really, uh, uh, really hot wings, bro. But literally bring them to tears that, that I, I feel like, uh, I, I, I feel like it'd be a little more enjoyable for like everybody to get to sit and watch somebody just get tortured like that. 
Uh, and I mean, you know, it's just a little spice. It's something like dangerous, you know, but it's, uh, I mean, nobody, nobody seemed to be a big fan of it. I guess, uh, I would much rather eat a hot wings than have uh, 12 gallons of milk poured on me. Well, then yeah, that's the point. Why the 12 gallons of milk then? The point of the punishment <laughs> is to make it as worse as possible without crossing the line. Because, <laughs> like, you get it, someone like me who loves wings, especially buffalo and spice, like, it, it's going to get to the end before I'm even, like, really starting to feel it. Like, Dude, I could I'd just, be, I could just I'd, tank I'd just be to do it. I'd be crying on like buffalo wings, and then I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to get to the end of the line. I'd be chugging milk out with like buffalo wings. You'd be doing both challenges at once. Yeah, yeah. Say, pour the milk all over yourself. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the joy of fantasy football. You've got the spoils of victory and the sorrows of defeat, all wrapped into one. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for this fantasy football preview show. Uh, do you guys have any final thoughts before we sign off here? Hopefully I don't come in last again. Retweet. I hope you come in last again. Retweet. Nah. All right. So without further ado, I think it's time to call this one a wrap. So for Jonathan, Zach, and not DS, I am Ryan. We'll see you next time.